Hi there. There's a couple of announcements before we jump back into the story. Uh, first off, this story will be another fanfic. I do these about once every couple of months. Other than that, they're generally just random everywhere around. This one will be based on theories and speculations for Deltarune Chapter 2. And one of the bigger points of inspiration for this episode was a song written by Michael Frank, a Deltarune remix. Uh, the song, it's awesome, it's cool, it's upbeat, it's everything that I really enjoy in a song. I also wanted to say Happy New Year to all of you listeners, and um, I guess let's get this show on the road. The wind howled through the trees and blew through the town as Chris walked across the slick, paved, and empty roads, brandishing his knife. His smile was that of a killer, big and scary, and a single, blazing red eye peered through the hair covering his face. Chris was tired of letting that old soul of his grab him by the reins, force him around, tell him what to do. It was his parade now. And he was going to start with hometown, then move on to wherever the heck he wanted to. He began to walk slowly up the hill, from the road into the forest, slashing through the bushes towards Susie. Susie kicked back in a tree, munching on an apple. She was always hungry, and as such, she was always trying to get her hands on food. If she didn't, well, then things would be rather unpleasant in hometown. Recently, however, Susie had learned to control her anger and instead channel it into kindness. So it was shocking. When Susie looked down from the tree, she saw a boy looking up at her. A human boy. Susie was unsure of what to do about this startling development. After all, besides Chris, there weren't any other humans in hometown. Only monsters. Susie hopped out of the tree and hit the ground in front of the boy as she tossed her apple away. Hey kid, are you lost? No, I don't think I am lost. In fact, you're the person who I've been looking for. The boy pulled off his navy blue hood, revealing brown eyes and hair, and his face slightly pale in the rising sun. My name's Oliver, and I am the soul of hope. I was hoping, no pun intended, sorry, to have a chat with you about Chris. Susie barely knew this kid, and she was hesitant about talking to strangers. But the fact that he knew Chris... Hmm... All right, what do you need? Just then, Oliver whipped around. Susie could hear the noise that Oliver heard as well. A great crashing noise. And it was coming through the bushes, heading towards them. We're not safe here. We need to run. Susie put up her fists and grabbed a giant stick. Ha! No thanks. I'm not exactly defenseless myself. Chris jumped through the bushes and lunged at Susie. What? Chris! Why do you have a knight over jump between the two, creating a milky white barrier from his hand? Chris smacked into the barrier and bounced away. But he simply stood up, snarled, and then lunged again. What's going on? Why is Chris trying to kill us? Oliver winced as Chris smashed into the barrier again. That's what I wanted to talk to you about. Chris tore away from his soul, and the one is now two. Susie blocked Chris's attack with her stick and then threw the stick away, disarming Chris temporarily because the knife was lodged into the stick. Can you speak in something other than nonsense? Oliver sighed, then transformed the barrier into a sword. Chris, yanking the knife free from the stick, threw his knife at the sword, setting out a giant clang. Sure, 
Oliver grunted against Chris's sudden movement. Chris had a soul. His soul was connected to him, and ah, Oliver it dodged away from Chris's attack and then continued to talk. Well, now his soul and his being are separated. The soul cannot control its vessel. Oliver backflipped off the tree, knocking Chris's knife back out of his hand. So Chris lunged and socked Oliver in the gut, who fell to his knees, and Chris grabbed his knife and raised it high above his head, yelling as loud as he could. But just then, Susie jumped through the air and tackled Chris, pinning him on the soft, dry leaves. Chris, what's going on? You can tell me what's wrong. I'm your friend. Chris snarled and then kicked Susie off of him with a force that he hadn't had before. He then rolled over, grabbed his knife from the grass, and dragged it across Oliver's chest. Ah! Oliver screamed and then rolled over, clutching his chest. His navy blue hoodie was now stained red with blood. Susie charged forward, punted the knife away, and threw Chris down the hill. Hey, Oliver, are you alright? Oh god, he slashed your chest. Oliver grunted and then stood up. There's no time. We need to get down to the darkener world. Quickly. Susie grabbed Oliver, and they hurried down the road, through the school doors, and through the closet doors, and down into the darkener world once more. Meanwhile, Chris stood up in the grass, his hair twisted and messy with twigs and leaves. He looked down behind him to see a broken leg. It belonged to him. It's okay, a voice echoed through the trees, almost as if the wind was talking to him. You can still function properly enough. Now finish the job as we intended. Chris nodded and then snapped his leg back into place, grabbed his knife, and continued the hike back up towards the school. Ever since Chris could remember, he had been abandoned, scorned, rejected all his life. Abandoned by his birth parents, by his adopted parents, and finally, in that moment, Asriel, when he left for college. And that single moment cut the final thread holding him back from insanity. Chris thought about how truly alike he was with his knife as he pushed through the school doors. They both wanted revenge, and both were fast and deadly as the night. Chris had put up with a voice in his head, the kind one that always told him, Oh no, don't do it, you're better than that. He had put up with that voice long enough. When Rosie heard a splash from the waterfall outside of his castle, he knew that Susie and Chris were back. He excitedly sprinted down the steps from his room, out of the castle gates, and down to the waterfall. But when he reached the stream, he was shocked to find Susie and another person instead of Chris. This person had Chris's armor, yes, but instead the armor was silver with a black sword strapped to his back and a giant cut across his chest. Oh no, what happened? Who's that? And where's Chris? Susie stopped to catch her breath and set Oliver down the ground. Well, Ralsey, this kid can tell us, but not in his injured state. Chris attacked him with a knife. He saved my life, and now he's dying. Hmm. Ralsey pondered the situation for a moment before saying, I know someone who can help. My father knows some old healing techniques. Come on. With that, Susie and Ralsey picked up Oliver, and the trio hurried into the castle, up the stairs, back to Ralsey's father's quarters. There, they set Oliver down on the gigantic, king-sized bed. 
A couple of minutes later, after the king sat back down from doing his work, Oliver gasped and sat up. Wait, where? Oh, Rousey, there you are. I need to use the dark fountain behind your castle. Is there an entrance? Oliver sat up as if he didn't even know about the giant cut on his chest. Just then, the king turned and looked out of the entrance from his study to the darkner world. I say, Rousey, it looks like there's another one of your friends here. He's a little bit tardy, but that's to be expected. Susie's eyes widened in terror. He's here. Rousey, we need to go. Now! The trio raced through the door, back down the steps, out of the castle gates, and back far away from the castle. There, they met the door, and they ran through into the field of hopes and dreams. The cold, paved road from the castle turned into dry, pleasant, crimson grass, which was soft underfoot. Oliver pulled Susie and Rousey into a patch of the forest once they were far enough away. Not only a few minutes later, Chris walked through the clearing holding his knife. His clothes and armor had white dust on them, as did his knife. Chris peered into the brush around him, his knife and his darkner sword in hand. Oliver couldn't take much more. He yelled, then jumped through the brush, clashing against Chris. Their swords met, and they danced through the field, slinging their swords together and blocking with their shields. Susie jumped out of the brush as well. Rousey, let's go. We gotta go help Oliver. She grabbed her axe, and Rousey muttered something small, almost a prayer, before running out to meet Oliver in battle. Chris broke away and tried to hack at Oliver, but Oliver simply spun around at Chris' attack and hacked his knife to bits. You have no power here in the darkner world, so turn back, Kara. Rousey stared at Oliver, confused. Wait, who's Kara? Chris lunged again, this time holding his sword high above his head. Oliver dodged, rolling around, and then slashed through Chris's face. Chris simply smiled, revealing instead of skin, now the black, empty darkness, still holding his killer's smile and red eye. Oh, Oliver, you always were the smartest soul of all those brats. But all that intelligence won't save you from me. Chris charged again, only to be greeted by a giant axe. Maybe not, but we can't, Susie yelled, slashing through Chris. Chris exploded into dust, which scattered among the grass. Oliver sheathed his sword. We're safe for now. <sighs> Susie, Rousey, I think it's time I told you what's going on, especially since Chris will return, and we need to be ready for when he does. Kara sighed, sitting back in the void, inky, empty nothingness, just the way she liked it. Relax, my puppet. With your soul absent, I have full control over a new vessel. After years of waiting for a new timeline, it's here. That fool Gaster can't even stop me now. I will follow wherever there's genocide. He can try to stop me, but even then... Kara turned around, away from it, peering through Chris's eyes to see Gaster chained to the void in Chris's mind. I've already succeeded. Isn't that right, Gaster? Gaster smiled his nightmarish smile, though weak, and it limp. 
You think you've bested me, child, but you are tampering with things you do not fully comprehend, things that will eventually be your downfall. For though you exist as a demon, even demons have their weaknesses. And I don't care how long it takes me. Kara turned to look at Chris's sight for one second, and then stared back again at Caster. You will fail. Not even you can kill me. No one can. Not anymore. Kara stared in silence for a moment more, and then laughed, black tears pouring from her eyes, just like the waterfall in the darkener world. You? <laughs> you think you can stop me? I've already won. There's no need to struggle. Gasser smiled as Kara turned away. You forget, child, he whispered under his breath in wingdings. I created this world, and you exist in it. The day you set foot in this child's mind, nay, this world, you made your greatest mistake. For now, you're on my turf, and I will eradicate you in due time. But for now, and Gaster looked at the chains binding him to the void, I can be patient. With that, Gaster went limp again as Kara watched through the eyes of Chris the bloodshed that unfolded. So you're from a world where there is no hometown, and instead monsters are trapped underground? Oliver sat in the field with Rousey and Susie, munching on some dark candy as a snack. That about wraps it up. I started as a normal human, the embodiment of the soul of hope. Oliver held out his hand after placing it on his heart, revealing a milky white soul. This is the soul of hope. Apparently, it transported me here for some reason, and it left me with the name Susie. Well, I'm pretty sure you both know the rest of the story. Hmm. Rousey sat in deep thought. I don't know if we can get you home, Oliver, but perhaps there's another way of going about this, a way that we're not looking at. Oliver looked up from his snack. What do you mean, Rousey? Rousey suddenly shot up as though an arrow had pierced his butt. Come on, let's go back to the castle. My dad will know the answer to your questions. With that, the trio raced back through the door, only to find they were too late. Columns of smoke poured from behind the castle walls. Oh no, we're too late. Rousey, as he, Rousey yelled as he ran towards the gates. Rousey, wait! Susie ran after him with all over not far behind. When they reached the gates, Rousey saw his father injured and many others around him dead. Looks like Chris did a number on this place before he found us, Oliver said, looking at the ruins of the castle. Rousey knelt before his father. Father, are you there? His father coughed. Rousey, my child, are you all right? Yes, father. I'm fine, thanks to Oliver and Susie. They helped me escape. Rousey's father rolled over and turned to Oliver. Oliver bowed before him in respect. You needn't bow, boy. You saved my son. I am forever in your debt. Thank you for doing so. Oliver stood back up and then looked to Susie. It was no problem, your highness, Susie said. Can you get us to the spade castle? The king coughed again and then stood up, grabbing his crutch. Yes, I will send a small group of guards to aid you on your way. The air was filled with smoke as the heroes walked back through the field of hopes and dreams. Rousey had a goal to end this chaos, bloodshed, and anger.
Susie also had a goal, which was to free Chris and kick some butt along the way. She thought of that as she munched on a dark candy, ever hungry. And Oliver's goal was to get home. He could still envision, even as he walked, the landscape changing from the forest around him, the snowy hills of Snowden, the lights in the inky black sky, the pine trees below him, and his angel's blade on his back. Oliver thought of home, of family, and of peace and justice as he went on his journey. Hey guys, thanks again for listening, and I wanted to clear up some stuff before I leave. First off, this story was a lot longer than most of my other stories, and that's mostly because, well, it's been a while since I did my last podcast. So I wanted to make this one especially long and slightly more enjoyable. Second, please remember to go check out my pal Aiden's podcast as well. I'm sure that he's been doing some good stuff, good work. And lastly, don't forget to stay safe and try to be calm. The vaccines are coming in slowly, but until then... Have a listen of some other stories of mine. You can reach me at osparks.st.lvsd.us for all your commentary needs and ideas for future podcasts. Until then, stay safe and uh, goodbye.